The best of times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana. Celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Kaligas. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Gary Kaligas. Welcome to the Best of Times radio show here on News Radio 710 Keel. Uh, I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of the Best of Times magazine. Again, we thank you for listening to our show today. Uh, We're also broadcasting on www.710keel.com and on the Radio Pup application on your Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about some historical facts on how assassinations might have changed world history. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial and interesting information. Yes, it's January the 13th and we are broadcasting our show live from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in wonderful but quite cold Shreveport, Louisiana. Is that right, Ruben? Are we cold? It's a little, It's been a little chilly the last couple I see of you've days. Got a little... your, <laughs> you've got your head warmer. I know. I, I don't have a lot of hair, so I have to wear this to keep my head warm. Oh, that's looking cool. You look <laughs> You look like somebody Nannan of the North, right? Well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> but it's cold out there. And, and ladies and gentlemen out there in radio land and internet land and Radio, what do you call radio pup land? Uh, it's radio, it's radio pup land. I okay, think you got it right. Okay, those are those people that there are people that tell me they listen on their iPhone, which I'm very impressed, and their iPad, and we'll, we'll mention Android devices. Um, but I'm I'm so impressed and so humble when they tell me, "Oh, Gary, I listen to you on my iPhone." You know that that is pretty cool. That is cool, and it's a excellent use of technology, if you ask me. Yes, and I'm starting to learn more and more about that technology. So. Um, so, so, Ruben, I, I was going to say, we are broadcasting in the newly remodeled Keel Studios here. That's right. That's right. We have, like, Ruben has, like, 19 monitors. No, that's an exaggeration. I like, do. Like uh, you, eight, you, four monitors, big ones. I'm like the neighbor in that Tool Time uh, yeah. show. You, know, you can't see the bottom half of my face. we got a big screen TV, rolling news 24 hours a day in the corner. It is very, very nice in here. Very high tech here. Now, this is my first broadcast, and this is Slabbish Show. So hopefully Aaron and Robert will let me use this show more often. You Absolutely. Think they, they think they will? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think they'll be fine with No, it. they're not here on Saturday morning, right? No, no. That's no. good. I know they're not, but I listen to them on Monday through Friday, so again, we're very fortunate to be in here, and again, Happy New Year, everyone. This is our first live show. We didn't do a live show last week. We had to pre-record that as Gary and wife were out of town. Uh, be sure to pick up your January issue, The Best of Times, at one of our 522 distribution locations. Thank for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. If you're unable to find a copy, yes, copies are scarce at some of our locations. We're sorry about that. You can always visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues as well as listen to previously broadcast radio shows. This issue of the Best of Times, the January issue, features audiobooks. I, I want you, we want you to be able to listen to some great um, books uh, and other documentaries, etc., via audiobooks. And there are many sources, including our public library, but many other free sources that you can download and listen to audiobooks uh, for the benefit of you. And we thought it would be a good item for our readers who are senior and mature readers uh, to learn about how to read audiobooks. 
The other thing I wanted to mention is um, it's amazing how many people in the area are sick with the flu or flu-like virus. I've been talking to a few of my physician friends, and uh, many of the hospitals are full. They're having to put people in in the, in the ER, not in rooms, but on the side in the ER until they get stabilized enough to, t- to send them home. It's sad. So, again, be very cautious. Do wash your hands a lot. Cover your mouth. Uh, if you're flying on airplanes, do try to protect yourself. That's uh, a precarious situation when you're on airline flights when people are coughing and, and not covering up. Again, be cautious around. Uh, drink as much fluids as possible and be, be very careful. Uh, one of the aspects that during the Christmas holidays, uh, my family and, and friends, we were, we were chatting with others that uh, my, we were talking about DNA. We were talking about ancestry. And, and I, I was telling all my friends and people that came up to me, I says, you know, if we, my wife and I got it, we were totally amazed about 23andMe, I, that we, and is in one of the 5 5 ancestry DNA analysis companies, and we picked them, and uh, it did both ancestry and health analysis, and originally, it did mine only, my wife was skeptical, so they, it came back and said that I was 35% Italian. Not 100% Greek, as I thought, but it said I'm 45% Balkan, Greek, Romanian, Hungarian. Again, I thought I was 100% Greek. So, again, uh, being the skeptic as I am, being the former engineer, I decided to re-verify that. So, Ancestry DNA does it as well. So, I got them, and, of course, it verified it within one hundredth of a point. So, it said, yes, Gary, you are definitely 35% Italian, 45% Balkan, and actually 7% Scandinavian. It, but that was totally amazing to me as well. So my wife did it and was totally amazed uh, about her findings, which she, again, thought she was 100% Balkan, but she is not 100% Balkan. She's actually 40% Italian. So what I'm telling everyone about is it's fascinating to give that probably as a gift for your loved one. Uh, It's totally amazing. And the last thing that I would suggest, some people do not like to share data, but I do. So I shared my DNA whatever the whole mapping is, throughout the world. And a few days before Christmas, I received a notice from email from my sharing the contact from a person who allegedly said that she is my third cousin via a DNA match. So she described, she lives in Sydney, Australia, and she mentioned something about my past family history, and sure enough, we are related. And it was like, I've never heard of this person, so I've told um, individuals about that, and it's totally, totally amazing. I strongly recommend you, if you have not done that, it definitely is a great gift for a loved one or a family member or a friend uh, to get that. It's quite inexpensive and you're going to get a lot of results and a lot of impact each and every day i get notices about seventh eighth tenth um degree cousins you know that's way down the line but they have some matches in your dna uh which is amazing and last but not least i don't know how many of y'all are interested in trivia i know that each and every year of the past 17 years i've done trivia shows here on the best of times and they're most popular shows they've even had trivia contests um there is a new online edition of trivia and it's taking the world by uh, well I can't think of the word by surprise I subscribe to it it's free and it's called HQ 
It's an application that you can download, and they have two trivia contests per day, 2 p.m., 8 p.m. Central Time. Minimum prize is $2,000, yes. If you can answer 12 trivia questions all, you'll be part of that uh, winners. Uh, Some people win as little as $200 and as high as $200. It's depending on how many winners there are left. There's no cost to to join as well. So it is amazing. Uh, You'll learn a lot of trivia, and um, if you're real good at trivia, this is the game that you should try on. I know many of my friends and family members are joining and, and doing this particular game. It's quite fun. And last but not least, I want to mention that um, Shreveport's very honored to have a regional bridge tournament. It's com- competitive duplicate bridge tournament being held here past the past week. It concludes this Sunday. It's taking place at the Wyndham at on um, uh, West 70th Street. Uh, there are people from all over the United States that have traveled to Shreveport and Bossier City, Louisiana, sometimes, some of them for the first time ever and are having a great time here at the tournament but also experiencing our restaurants our activities uh, our our shows our of course the casinos and uh, having a wonderful time and many of them have never been here before and uh, and I've been fortunate to p- play with my my partner uh, Robert Grand uh, in a couple of the sessions and we were so proud we're very much neophytes with all these experts throughout the world and we end up winning first place and got some gold points points on on Tuesday on yesterday Friday afternoon so we were very thrilled about that again if you're interested in duplicate bridge it's a fascinating game um, that you should consider uh, doing as a hobby as well remember to visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for announcements made during today's radio show as well as information about upcoming events activities and news that you could use We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A-Bears, Tanning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, down in country at Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Joseph Hargrove, Jr., a.k.a. Joe. Right? That's right. That's Welcome, right. Joe, to the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you. Uh, he's going to dis- discuss today some historical information regarding the the thought that do and have assassinations of prominent persons changed history. So thank you again for being part of the show. I heard Joe give this presentation at the local Tarshar Society meeting on a few months ago, September yeah. 27th. was very impressed with the presentation, and I, I, I called Joe up and said, would you mind... Being on my radio show, I'm interested in history, and I know a lot of my listeners, because history does matter. And this is a prominent, this is a particular interesting topic. And though it may not be positive, and I know some of our listeners, Joe, are going to say, this is not real positive here. You're a positive person. What do you say about that? I'd say it happened, and you can't rebut history, and you have to learn from prior mistakes and historical events. That's true. That's yeah, true. That's what I think. So tell the listeners a little bit about Tarshar. The Tarshar Society is a group of individuals that have been meeting since the 50s, I think. It's by invitation only. And uh, it's and we, very interesting. We meet once a month except during the summertime. 
And at Christmas, we take December off. And I've been a member of this for a couple of years and been very impressed with the presentation. We have some remarkable individuals that come up with some very uh, lengthy, well, detailed, I'll say lengthy, an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, but with Q&A and, and uh, fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Uh, Shreveport has a lot of very intelligent people that are not very well known, I think. That is true. And they, well, But I knew you were intelligent. You well, have, I knew you were intelligent, too, because our, <laughs> our kids went to St. Mark's together. God, that was a few years ago. It was it? a few years ago. That was fun. That was fun. Those, those were the days. But also, you're, you're a prominent lawyer in the area. I've got to let's give you a plug. And you're doing, I've got what kind of law? I do oil and gas oil law. Oil and gas law, the yeah. important stuff. Uh, to us, it is. SCA. Yeah. And you're a UT graduate, right? I went to University of Texas undergrad where I majored in history. Then really? I, went, I didn't know that. And then I went to LSU Law School. So I got the best of both worlds. Okay, well, speaking, I thought you went to law school and you no, because well, so I, I wanted to come back and practice in Shreveport. I thought LSU was the best well, place good. to okay. go. Yeah, I was a history major at Texas, and one of my best professors was a Russian history professor, awesome. Oliver Radke, who's pretty well known. Mm-hmm, He's yeah. dead now, but he was a, okay. he was an interesting man. Wow. So history. So you had the fascination for history, too. I like it. I'm not an expert, but I, I have my opinions, and whether or not assassinations change history is really a matter of, of opinion, and I think you could say that... Uh, an assassination by itself is a historical event. Yes. So it kind of begs the question, but I think these most assassinations, and to varying degrees, do change history. I got the idea from my my late wife, who was who read an article in the New York Times, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a quote from Benjamin Disraeli after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln which said that he did not believe assassinations really changed history. And that article took exception to that opinion and said that with varying degrees, in the writer's opinion, yes. assassinations do change history. Do change history. Yeah. So give, give our listeners a little bit of definition, which I didn't know this when you gave the presentation about the word assassination or assassin. Well, uh, according I, to what I read, it's a, it's a term that came from what is now Iran. Oh. And it refers to hashish, hashish eaters. Assassinations is the hashish English. eaters. Okay. Right. And I guess you have to eat a lot of hashish to murder <laughs> Somebody. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. Yes, yeah. that's probably uh, it, what it was. Well, I don't know, but it, of course, it it came from a, a murder cult they believe that existed in AD 11th and 12th centuries, and of course, there are assassinations way before then and continuing thereafter. I wonder what they call. What term would they call them before that? I have no idea. Go out and go out, go out and. and Wow! Well, Kill somebody. Go out and get the yeah. uh, the emperor or the uh, the person we don't like there. Wow! Yeah. Julius Caesar, for instance. That's right. Yeah. So, so today we're going to just talk about some of the assassinations and okay. um, uh, let's start off with with whatever you want to start off. With. Well, uh, I, I I talked briefly about the assassination of the four United States presidents: Lincoln, Garfield, McKinley, and of course JFK, and. Uh, they were so well known generally, not not the earlier ones, but certainly the ones of Lincoln and Kennedy were very well known. And I figured that most people in my audience would pretty much have set their own views on that and and so forth. Garfield was interesting because 
he was shot right after he got elected and mm -hmm. lingered for some 80 days while the doctors basically killed him by trying to probe to find the bullet, which they couldn't do, but they didn't put any soap or detergent or any disinfection on their fingers and he died of sepsis yes, I and a that. miserable death. Oh. And then McKinley was not very well known, but an interesting fact I read was that there was one person who was present at all three of those prior assassinations being Lincoln, Garfield, and McKinley, and that was Lincoln's son, Robert, who wasn't Whoa. in the theater when Lincoln was shot, but he was in Washington, and he was actually present when Garfield was shot and when McKinley was shot. And they were in, he was in Buffalo then? Yeah, and That's he was the only person, they think, that saw all three of those assassinations. What? For what's that what? worth? No, that's a great, great yeah. trivia. And the other thing I mentioned, uh, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln was, after his assassination, he was succeeded by... By Johnson. Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson. Yeah, and, and Garfield was succeeded by... By uh, Chester Arthur. Oh. And McKinley was uh, succeeded by the cowboy, yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. And I've always been... I disagree with calling people that you don't like cowboys because I've known a lot of real cowboys and they're nicer than any politician I've ever <laughs> had the pleasure of knowing. Well, he was a shock. Teddy Roosevelt was shocked when he got became the I president. So, I don't yeah. think he was definitely expecting that one. And Chester Arthur wasn't either. He yeah. was petrified, but he rose to the occasion and, and filled out the rest of his term and, pretty, and, pretty and well. So did, and so did Teddy. There's a remarkable yeah. museum about uh, President uh, Rose, Teddy Roosevelt in Buffalo, New York, which yeah. I've had a fortunate to, to go there. Never and, been there. Oh, you should go. Oh, you, you, history, history eh, of course, it's a national park, whatever it is. And uh, the other little sideline trivia that my some of my listeners might have remembered many years ago when I was in Buffalo for a national meeting. Uh, well, you know, Gary, he asked people. So I asked the local local people that were custodians, what do you call it, curators of Curator, the museum. So yeah. I went there and says, would you mind me doing a live radio show here from the presidential desk of Teddy Roosevelt? And Mr. Clickers, we've never had that asked, so I'm sure they called somebody in D.C. D.C. said, okay. Sure. So not? I broadcast yeah. my radio show. I got the curator and I got a few people. So I, I broadcast the Best of Times radio show live from the presidential desk of Teddy Roosevelt in, uh, in, up in, in, in Buffalo. So going, let's, let's start off a little bit about Abraham Lincoln. I mean... What 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 is your what is your feelings about that? I think he was he tried to be a reconciler after the war, and when he was shot, the the what I've read says that Andrew Johnson wasn't as lenient as he perhaps would have been with the South, and in an attempt to reconcile the country after that horrible war, and so that was probably the other than losing a national figure, one of the main important reasons why that assassination did change history because it Johnson was stricter with the South than they thought Lincoln would have been. Do you recall your research? Wasn't there other attempts on um, President Lincoln? I don't I don't know about that. I well, probably I, were. But. And I also remember reading some, some of the information that uh, the, the detail protecting him was lax. Oh, they didn't have the Secret Service people. There wasn't anybody in the theater when he was shot. John Wilkes Booth just came up and shot him right point blank in the back of the head. 
Un, unimpeded. Unimpeded. That's yeah. sad. Okay, we'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears Tony Country S Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bear, Sunday Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. Thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show, I, I have a special guest, Joe Hargrove, and he is discussing uh, the historical information about the thought that do and have assassinations of prominent persons changed history. So thank you, Joe, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Glad to be here. So one of the one of the most interesting assassinations, which almost everybody knows about, is the assassination of Julius Caesar right. in 44 B.C. I, I, I wanted. Did you ever think about this back in those days? How did they know it was 44? <laughs> Did they have a calendar on the wall? They don't have paper calendars. They had tablets. You know, I was always thinking time and what have, time of it, you know. That's a good question, but I have no idea. I know that it's now 44 B.C., before Christ, obviously, so they didn't know when Christ was going to be born then, but they had to start someplace, I suppose. Yeah, and so it's retrospective, so they didn't know that year. Well, everything's retrospective, sort of. Sort of. Yeah, like when Easter falls and all that. Nobody can really tell you when. Uh, but they marked the calendar, and so that's Easter. Is what I heard. Well, we'll, we'll talk offline well, about. Yeah, we'll talk offline about that. There is. It's more. It's more predicted than you think. Okay. Okay. So, assassination of Julius Caesar in around 44 B.C. Uh-huh. Most famous assassination in history. Many well, written, well so. written about. So, give us your thoughts about that. Well, uh, I think it's. It was very. It changed history in a big way because Rome was getting more and more powerful and Caesar was assassinated because the politicians, the senators, Brutus, Cassius and those people were afraid of him getting absolute power which is where he probably was headed. Mm -hmm. So they killed him brutally and I read in my studies that it's it's hard to kill people with a knife, stabbing them through the layers of clothes. And although he was stabbed a lot of times, only one was the so-called fatal blow that, that killed him. But nevertheless, it killed him. Well, what happened after that was that rather than stop Julius Caesar, which it obviously did, it ultimately led to the imposition of Augustus, uh, Octavius, as the emperor of the Roman Empire, as the first emperor of the Roman Empire after years of war with Antony and Cleopatra and and uh, Lepidus and people like that. It's a fascinating deal because what they wanted to prevent ultimately occurred because of what they succeeded in doing, which was to wipe out Caesar, but it led to even a more powerful emperor in Augustus, which was who was uh, Caesar's nephew, Octavius. And his name was changed to Augustus when he became That's right. But uh, but interesting, everybody hears about the 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 item about beware the Ides of March. Right. So give me and give me your thoughts about that. It, it was it's it makes for a good story, but uh, whether <laughs> really happened, uh, Julius Caesar and his family did have premonitions about him they being did. murdered for sure. So 
I think Shakespeare, which is where that mm-hmm. is found, took certain liberties, but he could do that because he was Shakespeare. And uh, I think there's probably some truth to it, whether that's the actual thing that was said to him, I don't know. But well, the, George, March 15th was uh, a superstitious day for And they probably Romans. knew the date. They probably knew yeah. the, the date, but I was I was always fascinated how they know it was 44 BC. But that mean that to be that's a that's always a I don't know I'm a, I'm not a skeptic, but that's like <laughs> well, weird. Well, uh, in a way. But but going back to the Ides of March, if they had that premonition, uh-huh. why didn't they why didn't he send his, his Centurions or Praetorio guards or whatever. Well, right? I don't think he knew who was behind it and what was. And I'm sure he may have had premonitions, but I don't think anybody thinks they're going to get stabbed in, to death in, in, the, in the uh, in the uh, in Rome. In Rome, and was it at? It was at a little square that we. I went to it with my wife and another couple, and all I remember about it is it was in the middle of the city. And it's where Caesar was stabbed, and they had a bunch of cats that some society was feeding, and they were all very fat cats. Fat cats. And they were uh, lolling around where Caesar was stabbed to death. Well, I hate to say this. I, I was there three months. I don't remember visiting that spot. I might have. It's but a pretty I... obscure place. It's not, not sure. it's where the capital was in, obviously. But... So after the assassination, uh, um, what happened? Well, after the assassination, people were euphoric at first, and then... Really? They were like... Not for long, because after a while, they realized it really messed up, and I think ultimately Brutus and some of the others committed suicide, and they had a a triad of of leaders that were appointed, Mark Anthony, Octavius, and Lepidus, I think. And they, of course, ultimately went to war, and... At the end of the day, Octavius, who became Augustus, prevailed at uh, in. Do we know why BC. he changed his name? Because he could, and he was the first emperor, oh, okay. and uh, they, that was just a, Augustus is August the so, August yeah, one, and right. so he won. So uh, I guess he could take whatever name he wanted. Okay, also known as uh, that. That was good. Yeah, I think uh, one interesting thing I found was that in Dante's Inferno, Brutus is in. The depths of hell, uh-huh. whereas Caesar's in limbo, which is a lot better than being in hell. And so that's at least how Dante oh, categorized those, okay. those characters. And, and and tell us again how how the intermixion of, of now Augustus deals with Mark Anthony, right, and Cleopatra. Oh yeah, that becomes well, a more another more saga, love well, story, yeah, he, and, and battles. Right? He, he beat uh, Lepidus pretty easily, I think, and then at the Battle of Actium, I think in 31 BC, the Cle- Anthony and Cleopatra's armies and navies were defeated by Octavius's and uh, or Augustus's by then, I suppose, and. Uh, she committed suicide, of course, by sticking her hand in the basket with a snake in it, and he, they killed Mark Anthony. I'm sure of that, but they let them be buried together. Yes, yeah, I, I read that. I, I yeah. forgot about that. But, they, you know, you could kill them, and then you'd be nice to them after they're dead. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a quaint way of solving your political problems. Oh, wow. So... Well, in your estimation, what would happen if it if this that this particular assassination did not take place? Probably the same thing ultimately, but this for those days sped up the the process because it took a long time to get around in those days. Oh yeah, sailing ships and I mean it it was a 
a long road from Rome to Cairo, to Egypt. I was thinking, I was thinking, how can they mass all their fleets over there? Well, yeah, all? and that's, 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 that's not... the logistics were incredible. They didn't have power vessels or computers or anything like that. And a, a typical tropical storm in Sudan could wipe out oh, the yeah. whole fleet. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, they don't have hurricanes there, but they're well. Big. They have storms in the Mediterranean, right? That, Probably just as bad if you're in a wooden ship with nothing but a <laughs> bunch of slaves with oars and, and uh, Good point. sails. And heavy steel spears. You know, yeah, a lot of weight. That, a lot yeah. of weight. A lot you don't want to sink because they chain the slaves to the oars. Too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll get an upgrade. Yeah, well, it's a lot better now, I suppose. <laughs> oh. so, 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 again, it, historians believe that Rome was the true power, right? Right. I think uh, I read Will Durant's uh, chapter called uh, Jesus Christ and Caesar, or Caesar and Christ. Uh-huh. And he says Rome really didn't become the great empire until Augustus, Augustus was anointed the emperor. Because they had a bunch of emperors after Augustus. And I think, I guess they were in rule, they ruled till the uh, barbarians took Rome, sacked Rome. Uh, so... What other aspects? I mean, it's sad that they all couldn't get along after the, you know, well, Mark Anthony and all the others, all the three could not get along. They all wanted the golden ring and only one could have it. So he prevailed. I mean, I, I'm surprised it's the way Mark, of the world, really. I mean, yeah, but I'm surprised that Mark Anthony and Cleopatra just didn't. Hey, we got Egypt. That'd be good for us, you know. Well, that'd be kind of short-sighted, I suppose. <laughs> short-sighted. And I, I think by that time, Augustus was so mad at him anyway, he wasn't going to just let them sit there and do whatever they wanted to do in Egypt. He was oh, going to make them oh. pay for their sins, so to speak. Um, so, before we talk about uh, the, the in our next segment, we're going to talk about uh, uh, the assassination of uh, Archduke Ferdinand, which... Uh-huh. Which some people say started World War One, which was right. I hate to say the assassination of one person caused the whole yeah well let's see millions of people to be dead and, and the, almost twenty million if you add the civilian deaths that's, that. that is something World War One was an utter waste of, of boys really oh yes it, it, uh, I've been reading more and more but it's so sad it's uh, very, I picked these two assassinations out just out it's my personal opinion that. And my personal favorites that these two, Caesar and Franz Ferdinand, were the most important, just based on my opinion. I mean, there are a lot of other assassinations. That well, I, I want to touch on a couple of them. Huey P. Long, he's, he's governor of our state. And right. Was he governor when he was assassinated? I can't no, remember. I think he was a senator. Wasn't senator. He? Well, no, he was governor then, I think. I mean, he, that would have been a major change. I think he would yeah. have won for president. I think he probably he would. a lot of people think Roosevelt was scared to death of him politically. Yes. I, I don't think Roosevelt was behind his assassination, but Huey Long was a blessing for the state in some ways and a curse because I think he started this idea of a kind of corrupt political leadership that we're still theoretically suffering under. That's just my personal view, of course. So the the other aspect, and we were talking about the Kennedy assassination, in, in your feelings, the, the, the assassination of Lee Harvey Oswald, it was a big deal because with him went maybe what happened. He, he, in fact, he gave an interview supposedly before he was shot, obviously, mm-hmm. and that interview 
results has never been released. And really? to my knowledge, I don't know if that's true or not, but I heard that. Oh, I got to look up. But dead that. men don't tell tales, and so Jack Ruby, you know, according to Bill O'Reilly, anyway, just yeah. shot him because he was mad at, at Lee Harvey Oswald, and right. he was a big pro uh, JFK guy, and right. that may be true. And and the other aspect of uh, Robert Kennedy's Robert Kennedy was big because I think he would have been the Democratic nominee in '68. He had won California and uh, was headed, I think, to big things. He was a very articulate person, a very nice person by all accounts. And Sirhan Sirhan shot him, I think, in in '68 after the uh, California primary that he won. So I think that obviously changed history because. Uh, Bobby Kennedy, in my opinion, would have been hard to beat in the presidential election. Well, Joe, I just recently uh, I was fascinated by this topic after after you gave it and and uh-huh. I did some research. I was amazed how many attempted assassinations oh, yeah, attempted was right. Well, I just didn't think of all the presidents, the United States presidents. Well, Adolf Hitler comes to mind. Well, Ronald Reagan. Uh, and then the Bushes. Uh, and oh yeah, and. Uh, Gerald Ford was shot at by, I think, Squeaky Fromm, who was yeah. a Manson girl or something like that. But, but I didn't even get into that. I mean, there's so many. This could be like a four-hour show here. That, that'd, be, that'd be a great topic, actually, the unsuccessful assassinations and what would have happened had they been successful. Who knows? Yeah, who know, who but, knows? Uh, but there's been quite a bit about prominent. I mean... Yeah, I mean... You you can say that the security in in the old in the prior years was probably lackadaisical, but I, I, but now it's definitely improved. Well, We're still having some, right? In the Godfather, uh, <laughs> he says one thing is certain: uh, you, if you want to kill somebody, you can. And so I don't see how if if you're willing to give up your life, how a good assassin wouldn't be able to succeed. But he would have to give up his life to do so, in all probability. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tending Country Us Report, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep Dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, Sunday Country at Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, it's Joe Hargrove, and he is discussing uh, the historical information about the thought that do and have assassinations of prominent persons affected or changed history. And so far, Joe is telling us that it has in some instances, right, Joe? Right, it has. And like I said, every assassination to a certain degree changes history, of course, because the assassinated person is removed from the And it affects their family and friends, but yeah. also could affect the country, the exactly. life, the, 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 the ways that things were, were, were earmarked to go to, his, right. his or her thoughts, right? Right, they're gone. Uh, and I, but I, my paper that we talked about, I focused really on two main assassinations, and there are a lot of good candidates, but the two I chose were Julius Caesar, who we just talked about, and uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, who was shot in 1914 in Sarajevo. Sarajevo. Yeah. Uh, I picked the Archduke's assassination because I was privileged to go on a tour of Prague and Berlin with a 
renowned scholar named Victor Davis Hanson and two of his college professors from Hillsdale College in Michigan oh. who went with us. Well, one was at Fresno State with Mr. Hanson. But anyway, they're very knowledgeable people. And when we went to Prague, one of the topics was on the history of the Austria-Hungary, Austro-Hungarian Empire, which basically ended with World War One. And it, but, but tell our listeners that was a big empire back it was a then. A huge empire, and, and people don't realize how powerful the Habsburgs were. If you go to Vienna, you'll see because of all the Habsburg palaces, right. and All and the, the money they obviously had, and 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 it, and they're still there, the Schönbrunn Palace and all that. Mm-hmm. But they're pretty remarkable, and they did have a lot of power. They were Germany's main ally in the 1800s, the late 1800s, and into the 1900s, preceding the start of World War One. But when they, uh, what started the whole mess was that the Austria-Hungarian Empire was going to take over Bosnia-Herzegovina, which are next to Serbia. Right. And the Serbs, A, didn't like it, and B, the austria the Austro-Hungarians disliked the Serbs immensely and actually thought they were, quote, pigs, scoundrels, and so forth. So <laughs> there's a little history there anyway. But Archduke... Uh, were, were, the, were the Serbs Christians or were, the, were they Muslims? I think they were split, probably. They were split? Yeah. Because okay. that, the Ottoman Empire took over that area right. back in the uh, 1600s, I think yeah. it was. 1683, I think it was. They got beat, I think, in Vienna in, in 1615. Yeah. A very critical battle. Big battle, that, yeah. But they, they didn't just disappear. You no, know, they, there was, they stayed there. But yeah, they took over those countries before, so right. they were all a bunch of people that have been were converted to but, Muslims. The Balkans, of course, have always been a, a source of a lot of conflict in world history from True. time immemorial. And to this day, there's there's all kinds of factions. And there are religious differences between the Orthodox Christians and the Muslims in, in all those countries. And I think that fuels a lot of the, the problems. What happened in 1914 was that Franz Ferdinand was dispatched to uh, Sarajevo to kind of celebrate the annexation of Bosnia-Herzegovina. And the Serbs did not like that at all, and they didn't much like the Austria, Austro-Hungarians, and it was mutual. So they had a team of assassins that uh, this fellow that ultimately shot Franz Ferdinand uh, shot him. They were funded by Serbia, and helped, they were helped to smuggle the arms across the border to with which to complete their mission, so to speak. But Franz Ferdinand was the presumed heir of Franz Joseph. The other heir was was a, the victim of probably a murder-suicide in the 1800s, the Meyerling episode that is kind of famous. It was famous, but mm-hmm. not so much now. But anyway, he was... a. Uh, the presumed heir, but he was not favored by his father. Oh. He was slighted. He and and they didn't like his wife, who was not a <laughs> enough aristocratic. Yeah, she wasn't aristocratic enough, so she wouldn't. She would not be escorted into dining. Oh yes, banquets, and she wasn't allowed to sit with the big boys, and they treated oh. her pretty shabbily. Uh, and she put they put her at the back table, right? Until this trip in 1914 to see to go to Sarajevo, but so they gave her prominence at this trip. Finally, uh, 
and their children were declared to be ineligible to succeed to the throne of the Austria, Austro-Hungarian Empire. Oh. So they were, they were slighted. Of course, it, as it turned out, it didn't matter, but who, who would have known by then? So the, the reason the Archduke was way up there in the, in the pecking order, right? Yeah, and he, he had a lot of money, and uh, we went to, we'll talk about the palace in a second, but the palace that he wound up with uh, before he was assassinated is, is a spectacular place. It's outside place. of Prague. And yes. He's got his dead animals and, and all that, <laughs> and the mice in China, and the good art, and all that. It's it's a spectacular place. But uh, he was on a tour as the inspector of the army, Franz Ferdinand, and he was there for a long time, and one of the writers speculated that his security team spent more time trying to plan dinners than actually protect <laughs> Franz Joseph from being assassinated. And the day he was shot, uh, there was a prior attempt on the motorcade. Whoa, yes. They, they threw a bomb, and it bounced off the carriage and blew up. And the guy that did that thought he had killed Franz Ferdinand, but he didn't, obviously. Well, the Franz Ferdinand car ran around, went around the corner, but turned a made a wrong turn into a dead end street, and the real assassin was waiting there with a pistol, and he shot Franz Ferdinand at point blank range and shot his wife Sophie in the abdomen, and they both died. Mm. And that's but that's, how how weird that he was the, the assassin was at the right place where then the wrong turn right. Right. That's it's probably very, it's very strange. Very, very and strange. The, 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 and that the drivers didn't know that there was a dead-end street. They they took the wrong turn. So the whole thing was not very well performed. By so has there already been conspiracy theories that the driver was part of the deal? He was probably, it was probably It was probably overshadowed by World War One, which I think would have happened anyway, but the assassination certainly started the whole procedure because what happened what yeah what happened next well i don't remember all the details according to this professor that gave a talk about it when serbia uh assassinated mm -hmm. the archduke the austria hungarians gave serbia an ultimatum which they couldn't com comply with which was uh, surrender basically and so the Russians who were the Serbs allies mobilized their army well to mobilize an army in 1914 was a big deal it meant you had to get yours mobilized and, and stop them at the border or else so when Russia did that uh, Austria-Hungarian Austro Empire and Germany declared war on Russia okay and they were going to knock the Russians. Which would be going to, to the west. To the east. Oh, east. Russia was east and they were west. And they were, all, not only that, they decided to invade Russia, but they invaded Russia by attacking France through Belgium, which they had a tr by treaty they weren't supposed to do. Okay. Well, when they started doing that, Great Britain declared war on the Germans and the Austro Hungarians, and that started World War One. So here's the question. Why did they go to France to go around the Germany? I mean, that must be the same guy that drove same, the car. The Van Schleppen plan. I mean, that's what Hitler used in World War II. He did the same thing? He circled around? He went through, yeah, he went through Belgium and the Netherlands to get into France. But, there were, but the Maginot Line wasn't, 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 wasn't across Belgium. 
Okay. The Belgian frontier. Well, I, I don't know a lot about that particularly. Well, that's, just side, that's just a sideshow. But anyway, that's that started crazy. World War One, and you could say, well, it was going to start anyway, and it probably would have. But the fact is that it did start World War One, and World War One was an absolute total disaster for mankind. It killed nine million soldiers and almost as many civilians, almost twenty million people. Some people think. But as I said in my paper, one thing I, that, that highlighted the trip for me was a trip to this castle outside of Prague that Franz Ferdinand had as the presumed heir and as a Habsburg uh, prince. Uh, I think it's called Knipsty or something like that. Anyway, it was a beautiful place, huge, had uh, art, silverware, mice in China, and also... The remains of a lot of dead animals, birds, and so forth. And Franz Ferdinand, it was estimated, killed 300,000 animals before he was ultimately shot. 300,000. And so just think about the that's logistics. A, that's, a, that's a volume. That's, that's a lot. A huge, of, it's a huge deal. It's a lot of dead animals. That's a lot of bullets. A lot of shells, a lot of dragging dead animals around, a lot of field dressing. And, I think and he mounted all of them. Not all of them, but he the mounted most, a well, lot. Of, I think they're like 4,500. Quite some, a few. It's yeah, like thousands. There's, there are halls full of dead animals, some shoulder mounts, some full mounts, some families of small badgers, and lots of dead birds. Oh, but, uh, wow. But the, the ironic, one of the ironic things about that castle is the bullet that killed him is uh -huh. also in that castle. I didn't notice yeah, that. And uh, so I guess he... he World War One killed two hundred, killed twenty million people, more huh? or less. But at least the animals were safer after <laughs> oh, they, they got Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> if you want to look at it, in, oh hell, that's concert. an interesting one. They have an incredible shooting range at that castle too, and they have a live bear in some pit. It's a pretty pitiful animal, really. Oh. Yeah, it's some not very much of a bear in my opinion. Well, yes, but, that, you know, it's a sad scenario how things start off, and this definitely changed uh, the course of history well, tremendously. Well, one was a and, total waste, of, and a lot of people think it was just a part one of World War Two, too. I mean, my gun's bigger than your gun scenario. I yeah. think that was definitely a World War II Well, the old general sent young boys with bayonets and rifles up against barbed wire and machine guns, and it really wasn't fair. And they slaughtered millions yeah. of those boys, and I think those old generals should have been taken out and shot, really, but that's just me. Uh, pretty disgraceful. It was. Well, we don't have time to talk about all the uh, the many other assassinations, attempted assassinations, but I do want to tell my listeners, the internationally known historian Steve Berry uh, is going to be on my radio show on March the 24th. He's just going to discuss his new novel, The Bishop's Pawn, which is regarding the assassination of Martin Luther King. And you're going to find this uh, historical suspense novel quite fascinating, and I look forward to having him on my show. The release of this book, The Bishop Pawn, I believe is March the 20th of this year. Thank you again, Joe, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. You were great. You gave a good insight about those two interesting assassinations, Julius Caesar and the Archduke Ferdinand. And um, looking forward to having you come on a future show to talk about some other historical topics. You were oh, great. Okay. Thank you, Gary. Enjoyed it. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears Tending Country Issue Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep Dealer. 
Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel. Thank you for listening to our show today. Hope you enjoyed our show and will join us next Saturday, 9.05 for another show that could benefit you or your loved ones. We ask that you... Please support our advertisers who make our monthly magazine the best of times possible, as well as the advertisers of this radio show. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the best of times at one of our 522 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Kaligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Best of Times on 710 Kiel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for The Best of Times. This is News Radio 710 Kiel, K-E-E-L, Shreveport Bossier.